0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wealth Enterprise Briefing. I'm Michael Zerner, one of the managing partners at WE Family Offices. I'm joined again today by Sam Sudami, our head of Global Macro, and we're going to spend some time talking about uh, the fixed income markets, about interest rates. We've talked about it before, but something interesting, Sam, has happened in the fixed income uh, markets in the last few weeks that I think is worth talking about. Specifically, Uh, We've seen a little bit of a decoupling between what we would all traditionally think of as what drives interest rates, which is Fed policy, and really trends in the market, which are driving interest rates in potentially different directions than what uh, Fed policymakers intend. And I want to talk to you a little bit about what's underneath that, what's happening, uh, and then talk a little bit about what the implications are for investors. So welcome, Sam. Hello, Michael. Sam, let's let's first set the stage. So uh, explain, if you would, uh, uh, what's really been happening as you look sort of behind the curtains in the interest rate markets and talk about sort of the divergence of policy uh, maker
1: uh, rates uh, versus other trends that might be pushing in the other direction. Sure, so yields are determined by three primary factors. There's the policy rate, which reflects real economic growth and inflation. Historically, that has driven a lot of the changes in yields. But what we've seen recently are two other factors that are starting to drive yields more. That is liquidity, which is the bond market supply versus demand and term premium. Those latter two factors have actually been causing more volatility in the yield markets uh, compared to what we've seen before. And and how does that... So so give us
0: some examples of factors that are driving that increase in volatility and interest rates that go beyond, you know, whether the Fed decides to raise, you know, hold uh, or lower, which is really the traditional uh, measures that have driven interest rate markets. Give us some
1: examples. So again, traditionally, it's going to be a constant recalibration based on economic growth and inflation. So that's what we call market fundamentals. What we've seen recently are going to be other factors. Liquidity, which is supply versus demand. So like any traded asset, the price is where supply and demand clears. And the same occurs in the treasury market. Treasury yields are largely determined at auctions where buyers who are investors and sellers, which is the treasury department, they interact. This is where the deficit is funded. And that yield will have to change based on what's occurring at the auction. So, historically, what has occurred is that the US deficit has averaged around 3% of GDP in normal times. But it did rise a lot during COVID to fund a lot of the support programs. But what has now happened recently, uh, the Congressional Budget Office says that the annual deficit is expected to increase. Significantly, around 7% annually for the next decade. And as a result, the supply of bonds will increase. So the Treasury has been issuing a lot of bonds to fund this deficit. So this year, the 2023 deficit came in higher than expected, around $2 trillion. And as a result, that supply and demand imbalance appears to have been a major cause of a yield volatility recently. And this I think is likely the case to be going forward. So Sam, to put it another way, that
0: liquidity premium, the the demand from buyers of treasury bonds, uh, they're requiring a little bit higher yield than they otherwise might have uh, in the face of potentially lower deficits and a better fiscal situation in the United States. And that demand for higher rates Uh, is having some important impacts on the capital markets that we might
1: not have seen uh, recently. What are some of those impacts? Sure. So actually, I'll continue that story because the Treasury is issuing more. There's more supply out there. They now need to look for buyers. They need to coax buyers to start funding the bond market. So the two largest buyers recently have been the Federal uh, Federal Reserve, which part of quantitative easing was buying up a lot of bonds. That has gone into reverse. The Federal Reserve, as part of quantitative tightening, is now selling its bonds. They're looking for the market to absorb the Fed sales. So that's one of the biggest buyers exiting the bond market. The second are going to be foreign investors, Chinese and Japanese investors buy a lot of treasuries. They've been going into reverse now. You've had, because of the uh, yield curve control in Japan, it makes investing in US bonds more expensive for Japanese investors on a hedged basis. So they've been pulling back. So at the time where the Treasury is issuing more bonds and looking for more buyers, you've had the two biggest buyers withdraw. As a result, when they go to the auction, they need to coax more buyers to come in. So yields have to rise. So, So bottom line,
0: fundamental economics, you have more supply from the Fed. You have less demand from certain classes of investors and therefore prices are falling and interest rates are rising. So big implication there, that rates may be higher for longer, irrespective of what the Fed does through policy, which to me would suggest that it's still too soon, and this has been something we've talked about over and over again, it's still too soon to potentially, as an investor, wade back into the long duration end of the fixed income market, staying short, capturing the, the premium and the short end of the curve, whether it's t-bills and or you know short
1: uh, to medium duration bonds that seems to be one of the big implications that's a significant implication and when the treasury is looking for new buyers they can come from other markets as well so when we look at the yield in treasuries it's very competitive with the earnings yield in equities the difference is the bonds have less volatility than equities do, which mean investors can actually start to sell equities and buy bonds. That so that's the second implication.
0: implication. That's right, Sam. So the second implication is that to the extent that interest rates are higher for longer and bonds look relatively more attractive than equities, that's going to put downward pressure on the equity markets. Uh, irrespective of what happens in the economy. Now, we've also talked before, and we're not going to go there today, but we've talked about some of the pressure on the equity markets in terms of you know, uh, reductions in earnings, a slowdown uh, in, in earnings, uh, change in sentiment. Uh, so all of this leads to uh, potentially more downside volatility
1: uh, in the equity markets as well. So higher for longer, go ahead, Sam. Another impact can be more of the short-term cash and money markets can start shifting into the lower-duration part of the bond market. Uh, We talked about this in one of our earlier podcasts. But it would mean money coming out of the banking system and into the bond market. When that happens, banks might face capital issues themselves, which can also, therefore, trigger a wave of volatility potentially. It's what we saw back in the spring. So there are significant implications of yields staying higher for longer. One of the other
0: factors that's also in addition to supply demand factors that we've talked about that's sitting on top of the policy rate, the other factor is how much are treasury investors seeking to uh, earn to compensate for any kind of risk premium that they foresee with the U.S. government paying back its debt. And and my understanding, Sam, is that it's not about whether the U.S. will, will repay. That's not really the question. It's the willingness of the U.S. to repay, given the political dynamic in Washington. Yes. And you've written some pieces lately about how that, uh, you know, question about the willingness to repay has also added uh, to uh Uh, the demand for higher interest rates from investors. So you have all of these factors that are leading uh, to basically higher rates uh, for the medium term, uh, in addition to whatever the Fed decides it's going to do with its policy rate. So tricky time for fixed income investors, uh, again, staying short on duration, Uh, seems to be the way to go and with the volatility and interest rates because you have these three factors all playing out every day that also leads to an opportunity for some hedge fund investors uh, to take advantage of that volatility uh, the way they invest so I think we'll leave it there for now Sam Uh, but thank you for joining me and we'll pick this up again next time
1: all right thank you Michael